0: Welcome to Cabin levels tonight and uh, I'm really glad that you guys are here I've been receiving several phone calls and uh, notifications from friends and family who are down uh, with COVID and I thought I should play for us that song that uh, when it's dark when we do not know what's happening we need to understand that maybe we just have not seen it because God is always uh, doing something in our lives. God is always doing something in our lives. But that's not our topic tonight. And I though at the back of my mind, I still pray and hope that each one of us will be encouraged, um, especially for the Ugandans who are tuned in uh, right now. Well, because it's it's difficult. Uh, Yesterday, Grace and I were at the hospital uh, just doing some antenatal checks and uh, we barely found parking in the parking lot. And it's not a very simple hospital, but there was lots of cars and uh, the place looked uh, crowded with different ones coming in uh, for help. Um, and so may this be a reminder to each one of us to just simply go on to our knees. Uh, and I know naturally we want to uh, run to a vaccine, naturally we want to run to... Let's stay at home. Naturally, sure want to run to. Let's hide. But I want to pray that each one of us today will be encouraged and reminded. Every time you get a phone call or a message of someone who is either sick or has passed away, let's take a minute and pray. Let's take a minute and pray. And uh, I know it's difficult in Uganda. Uh, why? Because we've had several uh, diseases come along uh, this particular country. One of them is HIV/AIDS. That uh, if you're old enough, you would remember that that was a problem uh, earlier on in in the late 90s and uh, there was a major stigma uh, for that particular disease and I'm sensing a similar stigma even for those who may be sick. Remember, when someone catches this virus, they actually need our prayers. They need our support and uh, let's not stigmatize them. Let's not think they were careless. Let's not think uh, anything else apart from having compassion. Uh, for them, as believers, and that's just just my uh, humble call to each one of us tonight. But again, allow me to welcome Mr. Chip tonight uh, for the show, and uh, Pastor Dennis will be joining us also shortly in this particular discussion. Hopefully. And I pray that tonight we are going to be blessed. But yes, Chip, you are welcome. Do you have any word of encouragement to some of us who may be going through fear right now, afraid of what's coming or what is not coming, um, just even before we start our show tonight? Chip.
1: Well, isn't it great to know that God is still sitting on the throne and that he is the ultimate encourager, even in these moments of uncertainty and one of the things I think is so important for us to understand during this time, especially in light of what you were just talking about, um, when you have so many people that are sick, so many people that are just you just don't know, you probably can't even go visit them. Um, you might not even be able to see them in a room. How do we encourage them? How do we strengthen them? And the best way we can do that is, is really by putting it in God's hand and encouraging them that God knew before the foundations of the world um, mm. our time that we were going to have here on this world and let's make the most mm. of it. Um, mm. so, uh, I, I truly believe kind of like what we've talked about this week so far. Um, this is just a trial and God is allowing mm. this trial to happen in our lives to test our, our, our understanding really like what we're going to talk about today, our devotion to him.
2: Mm.
0: Amen. Amen. Would you care to open for us in the word of prayer, uh, Chip, before we get started?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. that uh, We just have the tremendous opportunity that we can come to you and know that you are listening. And there are a lot of people, um, you know, here in the United States, uh, uh, COVID is is moving away. Things are opening up and, and uh, the vaccine is, a lot of people have gotten the vaccine if they want it. And and uh, and it seems like fear has diminished, but that is not the case everywhere. And Lord, I just pray for those who are in the hospital right now, who are struggling with COVID, and maybe there's even someone who's listening right now. And if they 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 are lose losing hope, they they're losing, uh, they're fearful of of what's next. That maybe Lord, that this is just an opportunity for us to share with them the, your love, and that you love them so much that you sent there's your son to die for them. And uh, maybe someone, even on this call today, would come to a saving knowledge of you. Lord, we love you, and in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chip. And uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are on our final uh, episode when it comes to the series we've been looking at uh, from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. And I pray that tonight you'll be encouraged uh, the same way I have been. I've been thinking about this verse for a long time now. And uh, it's, it's been encouraging. It's, it's been a good reminder. But I'll read it for us one more time. But this time I want to go all the way from verse 1. And this is 2 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 1, even as we begin our discussion uh, tonight. Verse 1 said, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband, to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Pure I mean from a pure from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And when I read a couple of commentaries today I, I realize that our discussion starts all the way I think from really chapter 10 um, talking about thoughts uh, being uh, held captive to the obedience of Christ but again thinking about just verse 1 to verse 3 alone I, I get a picture of, of someone preparing a bride uh, for a wedding and yet verse 3 gives a very gross picture of a wife who is trying to turn away, at least her heart is turning away uh, to someone else. And I think that's the picture we've seen all through the Old Testament of Christ, uh, I mean of God referring to the nation of Israel, every time they sinned as a sin of adultery. Why? Because we do have a relationship with Christ, and he requires devotion uh, from us. He does not require mediocrity from us, uh, the same way a husband will be jealous if a wife is texting late in the night. Of course, he will stop and say, who are you texting at this point? Why? Because there's a particular devotion expected of a wife or even of a husband from a wife at that uh, point in time. And, and, and so that's the picture that I got And as I kept uh, Googling, Googling is our new term for research, as I kept researching, uh, I landed on this very beautiful prayer uh, by this gentleman, Scotty Smith. Now, I am not familiar with his history. I have not done much research on him. But uh, it's it's interesting, some of the things that uh, he says in his article. Um, Let me read it for you. Gracious Lord Jesus... He, he calls his article a prayer of sincere and pure devotion to Jesus. And I just simply thought we should borrow this prayer this evening as we get ready to discuss this um, topic on devotion, sincere devotion. And this is what he prays in his article. He says, Gracious Lord uh, Jesus, as I pray my way through this scripture, this morning, out with flashing neon uh, brilliance, he says, First of all, we already belong to you as a washed, cherished, and betrothed bride. It says to that, hallelujah. This is our defining identity as your church, your called out, beloved people. Stand our hearts, stand our hearts with this. Our does not define us. Our work does not define us. Our ministries do not define us. Keep with us, and your love for us are our defining realities may we never forget and he continues to pray and he says we are those upon whom you have set your heart for whom you have given your life to whom you are returning as a great bridegroom wonder of wonders there are no other relationships that come close to offering the peace and hope as your relationship with us no other This underscores the second thing that stands in this scripture, the intensity of Satan's hatred for the first thing, your unparalleled affection for us. He will do anything possible to lead us astray from our sincere and pure devotion to you, anything. Indeed, Satan despises your love for us, and he fears our love for you. He will let us be anything other than a church filled with deep passion and devotion to you, whether overtly through condemnation and persecution or covertly through seduction and prosperity. His strategy is the same, to steal our hearts from you, but he will not succeed. Jesus, for you have crushed his head and you have worn our hearts forever. Glory, wake us from our slumber, Send your spirit with fresh convicting and invigorating power. Restore to us the bridal affections we had for you at first. Rekindle the fire and passion we experienced when it first dawned upon us that you made us to your bride. We are counted as pure virgins only because you have clothed our sinful nakedness with your perfect righteousness. We are devoted to you, Jesus, only because of your love and devotion to us. Fill our hearts and churches with the sights and sounds of the great wedding feast to come. We make our prayer in your most loving and faithful name. If you agree with that prayer, give me an amen, give me an amen in the chat below. But I believe it was a very beautiful, beautiful prayer um, that uh, Mr. Scott uh, makes in his article. And I pray that tonight your hearts will be rekindled in a very special way uh, for Christ. Why? Because there are so many distractions that this world brings, and not just in the recent days, but all through history. Um, He's been distracting us. And As we begin our show tonight, I want to ask, Mr. Chip, I think this is not your first question. I've asked you several other things uh, before. But talking about a devotion, talking about uh, mediocrity, talking about wanting to give up, uh, I know you do have a history in coaching, Mr. Chip, but I would like to ask, uh, have you ever given up in life? And how did that happen? And before you answer that, I just needed you to understand where we're picking this up. This is really, I'm picking this up from the paragraph I sent you. Uh, before that uh, mediocre devotion is not devotion at all and having looked at the previous two episodes um, this this those were just preparations talking about the serpent having experience for thousands of years and and him trying to lead our thoughts astray thought by thought we come now to the third part which is a sincere devotion and where mediocrity has no place and He says, Sometimes we tend to cruise through our walk with the Lord. We do what is expected, but only a standard lower. We show up to church, but we show up late. We talk about sharing the gospel, but we never do. We give excuses for our underperformance in the things of God. Other things begin to take an in court justified priority. Soon, it does not matter anymore. We are out. I give up is the word that we say i give up now i give up and i want to ask the question and by giving up here i'm referring to uh just not having any reason to continue uh just like uh, a, a team would give up on a game i mean it's one minute two and they realize they have like 10 goals to score to catch up at that point you have given up but i to ask mr chip if he has given up in life before and why? Yes. What do you get to yeah, show actually, us?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is uh this is one of those tough questions because sometimes you don't want to be so vulnerable to say that, yeah, I, I had given up on on God. But there was a, a time um, in my late twenties, um, I owned a, a company owned a construction company and really it was in the really around the two thousand five mark period of time in my life, and so I was probably even closer to my lower 30s, and, and the market here crashed, and I had 15 employees that worked for me. Um, it felt like everything was falling apart around me. I had done some homes for some people, and, uh, and basically, they didn't have money to pay me. Um, everything just seemed out of sorts, and... And to be honest, I thought I could do, I could handle the, the trial, handle the thing that I was going through on my own. And But what ended up happening was, is that I by trying to do it on my own, the burden became greater and greater and greater and greater to the point where I stopped doing devotions. I stopped. I just became bitter. And I was mad. I was mad. And I was mad at people. And the, and the more you allow sin to kind of creep into your life and Satan begins to uh, almost like have um, a hold on you. Uh, the next thing you know is that you it's like you're walking away from the Lord. And I remember I remember my wife getting so worried. I was getting sick. It was uh, my I had lost a lot of weight and. Um, and she became very concerned. I didn't want to go to church anymore. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do any of these things that had to do with God. I, ultimately, I was mad at him. And she calls my dad, and my dad comes to my house, and he obviously, with a with a concerned heart, looks at me, puts his hand on me, which I know he had put his hand on you many times as well, David. Um, and he just said chip you have to come back to God you weren't meant to do these things on your own what is it in your life you need to relinquish control of so that you can come back and at that moment I was actually suing a, a brother I was trying to go after the, the money and I met with some pastors they told me that's what I needed to do and that's what I did but Uh, The moment I started this suit and took these people to court uh, was the moment my life began to fall apart in my relationship with God. And at that moment, the next morning, I woke up and God said, hey, you need to cancel that suit. You need to go to that guy that you have taken to court. You need to ask for his forgiveness. And then I will show you what I want for you. And uh, so I did that. And I, since that moment in time, have... I've just kind of come to a place of realizing that when trials come, it's not it's not because God doesn't love me, it's it's coming because he wants to strengthen me. And and maybe he's just trying to get me to move closer to him. And uh, and that is what happened in my life. I almost gave up on God, but uh, people in my life noticed and they brought me to a place of realizing I needed to come back to him.
0: Amen, thanks for sharing that with us. Indeed, it's, 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 uh, it requires some level of vulnerability uh, right there. But thanks. Um, of course, I, I do miss that arm of encouragement uh, from, uh, from Dave. And it's, it's always good to have people around us. And that reminds me of one of the points that you made in our previous episode, that we cannot do Jesus alone. We need the body. Um, if I'm the arm on the body, I do need the other arm. Uh, for a scratch and encouragement. Uh, And so, thank you. Thank you so much. We do have, oh, I do have some very difficult questions uh, here. First question here is going to go to Pastor Dennis. Pastor Dennis. And the question is simple, at least uh, from my end. And the question here is, can devotion be measured? The reason I ask if devotion can be measured is this. um, When you compare people's steps of faith... For example, what if my faith is mediocre compared to another person's step of faith? And the example that I gave here was, Peter walked on water. That was his step of faith. But I can't. One step can be a huge step of faith while another, to another person, mediocre. But what do you have to say concerning that, Pastor Dennis?
2: Uh, Thank you so much, David, for inviting me here again. uh, It's always a pleasure and an honor to be here. And uh, I always give God's glory for the opportunity to share the word. And uh, if you'll allow me, i will love to tell our brothers and sisters in Uganda that uh, we stand with you and we pray for you. We believe that God will come through for Uganda. Uh, Now, regarding uh, that question, can devotion be measured? Now, uh, frankly speaking, I'm just speaking out of my heart and out of my little experience that I have in this work of uh, uh, Christianity. Um, The only standard we have is that one of Jesus Christ. So if I want to compare myself with Peter, with John, with uh, Patrick, whatever, uh, that will not be fair at all. But if I want to look at my devotion, the devotion that I give to God, and see if what I'm giving to God is 100%, then I need to look up in the Word of God. And that being said, there's a scripture in Malachi chapter 1, verse 8, which says, the Lord accuses Israel of bringing him blemished offerings. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or the de- uh, diseased animal, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Will he be blessed? Pleased? Uh, sorry. Will he be pleased with you? Will he accept you? says the lord almighty so I think uh, a little bit background here for people um, uh, in Israel uh, before the birth and the death of Jesus Christ what will Israelites will do for the forgiveness of their sins and for that to be covered they will offer sacrifice and right here we see prophet saying that God is going to judge people that give god is going to accuse or god is going to punish people that give uh uh, sacrifices that are blemished so if you want us know is my devotion 100 percent then you need to measure your devotion according to the word of god and i don't know if i have answered your question but i believe if you want to measure it compared to peter and john and james and other people, that will not be fair. But if you want to know if you're giving 100%, then you need to check on the Word of God.
0: Uh, Pastor Dennis, of course, uh, that does explain uh, why some people did the things that they did. I don't think Peter looked around in that boat and said, Hey, look, everyone else is staying back. Let me step out. I think he believed when Christ told him, You come. It was his Word um, that he believed. Uh, and, And so he took that step of faith and may that be a reminder for each one of us you not know, to compare us to other people and i think sometimes we do that we do compare our faith with the faith of others and uh, know that sometimes we feel discouraged because we are not like the other people we're not like the other people chip do you have any anything you'd like to comment or add to that question
1: no i think uh, i think what he said was right on um it's not it's not a competition it's not uh our relationship with god is not a competition and it's not based on what other people think our relationship of god should look like it's personal it's uh we we are all created differently some of us have have specific gifts that uh that maybe we do more things within the body than someone else but it doesn't mean that someone's less valuable the devotion that we have to him we already know within our heart whether we're devoted to god I think we, mm-hmm. we we basically we think that um, maybe someone else is is closer to him. But the truth is, is most of the time those people we even look at they're they're asking the exact same question. It's like, am I doing mm-hmm. enough? Um, am I am I am I meeting the criteria that maybe a disciple met? Um, only you can answer that question.
0: Chip, chip, I I have a sense. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. That devotion to Christ is not definitely is definitely not only by actions, by our heart but also our heart's attitude. Uh, after all, it's the thoughts uh, that are led astray, at least according to um, 2 Corinthians 11:3. And so devotion to Christ is not only uh, by actions, but also a heart's attitude. My actions as well speak volumes uh, towards my devotion to Christ. I, I, I want to do good, which is my actions, but the good I want to do, I end up not doing. Uh, when does my heart's desires and actions get split? What happens when the good that I want to do, I don't end up doing? And uh, Right there, you see a struggle between a desire to do good, a desire to obey, a desire to be devoted. I want to do good. My heart is in the right place. But then my actions are not. And I'm only using that phrase that uh, Paul did use. Maybe it's true there's a context uh, to that particular verse, but it seems to be a struggle even for us as believers today. We wake up in the morning, want to do exactly what our hearts are desiring to do. And I'm talking about good desires, to live in obedience, but sometimes we don't do. And what happens? What is that that is causing the split between my desires and my actions?
1: That's a great question. I think the thing that um, causes friction is our what we want compared to what we think God wants. Uh, We were just having this conversation with some businessmen. I did a Bible study this morning and we talked about James chapter two, which we, uh, James chapter one, verses, uh, four and five, which we actually talked a little bit about on Monday. And most of the time we wake up going, this is what I want to do for God instead of just asking and seeking what God wants to do through us. And, the thing we need to recognize is that when we gave our lives to Christ, we are a new life in Christ. We're, we're not of this world anymore. I like uh, 2 Corinthians 5, um, verse 16. It says, From now on. Therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though once we a Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Meaning we should be functioning in the spirit. The problem is, is our flesh is constantly getting in the way. Our flesh, the things of the flesh that get in the way are our um, maybe wanting a new vehicle or wanting a new house or kind of some things we talked about in the, um, in the, when I was here before, um, uh, the security, uh, not going God, We know God's telling us to go, but my, I keep saying, well, would he tell me to go there? Um, because it's not really a safe place. I don't know if I really want to go there. Well, our flesh gets in the way and he says we should regard no one according to the flesh. We should not be focused on the things of the flesh, but the things of the spirit. And then he says, verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. We all know this verse. Typically, this is one of those that we memorize. And then verse 18, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors of Christ. What happens is that we stop being ambassadors when we don't do the work of Christ, we do the work of Chip or the work of David. It's not about that. Um, And a true devotion to Christ is understanding we are no longer of this world. Even when we go through trials and maybe everything's taken away from us, do we trust God that he's still in the process and that he's gonna take care of us?
0: Mm, there's, there's There's a life transformation. Um, that is involved in that decision uh, yeah. or that step of faith. And so thank you. Pastor Dennis, do you want to do you want to respond or maybe just supplement to uh, what uh, Chip has just mentioned concerning where our hearts and uh, actions split when it comes to a desire to do? What was going on through your mind as Chip was sharing?
2: I, uh, there's even a scripture that says that uh, the spirit is willing but my body is weak. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it, it happens as as mm. a believer sometimes to be in that position where you are weak and you mm. you you you're what you want to do one thing but uh, uh, it's not possible for you to do that. And by the way, it's not only in the spirit the things of the spirit, even physically. Probably someone is listening in. Has uh, been wanting to lose weight <laughs> for, mm. for some time, you know. But every time, instead of waking up, uh, he he looks at his bed and he's like, "No, I'm not getting out of this bed." Mm. And every time he looks, he looks at himself in the mirror. He's like, mm. "I'm doing bad. I'm really doing bad." <laughs> so uh, it, it happens to to even the the strongest. Mm. Uh, but the main thing here is. I always love to tell everyone that uh, passion and discipline, these are two different things. Hmm. Passion can come, but passion goes quickly. But discipline, it is when you learn to take yourself in a certain way and Hmm. it continues, it goes on and on until it becomes a uh, a reflection, Meaning that even when you wake up, for example, for people that play guitar, you know, if you're a musician and you wake up, they say, hey, play this song in the the key of G. Because, you know, you've been practicing for so long, it is easy for you to start playing in the key of G. So what am I saying here? Uh, It is possible to want to do something, but not to have the strength and sometimes even the ability. You know, sometimes even the ability. But I believe right now we are talking about, you know, even having the ability, but you just don't want to do it. You just feel like, you know, you don't have the strength. So I believe what we have to do as believers, if we want to train ourselves, if we want our devotion to be that 100% to God, all we need to do is to train ourselves, even when we feel like we can't. Even when we feel like I can not wake up and pray. But what you need to do is to train yourself. Today wake up and just pray for 5 minutes. Tomorrow wake up and pray for 10 minutes. And as you continuously doing it, trust me, the feelings and the passions, the passion that you feel like you need for you to pray, you will forget about it and you start to do. It becomes a reflect. And I believe what we need as believers is to train ourselves and once we do that we will not give into the command of the flesh and most of the time because we're still in this world sometimes we give ourselves into the command of the flesh what the flesh desires is what we give to the flesh so i i, I hope that if there's anyone listening right now that if what they want to move from that side of I want to do this but I can't I can't do this but I want to do this the only thing you can do is to start training yourself and you leave that side of mediocrity
0: one of the things I missed is to simply introduce you to the audience um, but I we just did meet I think last week uh, in Rwanda it was by the way, a very good pizza I'm going to come back to that place uh, for summer Pizza, it. So it was awesome. Thank you so much for uh, for hosting us right there in Rwanda. But Mr. Dennis, why don't you tell us briefly about your ministry? And I do know that one of your team members wants to start a podcast. Um, they are welcome to launch their podcast here on carving Devils. But Pastor Dennis, what do you do in Rwanda? Just in one minute, kindly introduce yourself to the audience uh, this evening.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, my full names are Rukabu Dennis. And I lead an amazing church here in Kigali, Rwanda, uh, called Mavuno Church. And uh, I, allow me to also take this opportunity and just give a shout out to Mavuno Kampala, Mavuno 360, and uh, Mavuno Entebbe uh, in in Uganda. So uh, I am married, uh, have one wife, and okay, this is also a mystery. I don't know why pastors all the time they have to explain that they have one wife. It's as if. <laughs> no we. <laughs> yeah.
0: anything else is permitted yeah
2: <laughs> yeah you have one wife and um, i have three beautiful daughters uh so right now basically what i'm doing is ministry uh since the COVID, of course uh, we are now putting more effort into doing uh online services we are on uh tv right here in rwanda and we also use our YouTube channel and uh, Facebook in order to keep on preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So basically, uh, that's it. I'm just a simple man. Thank you so
0: much. Amen, amen, amen. We are also under a lockdown right now in Rwanda. So let me encourage us guys. On Sunday, you have a choice to attend Mavuno. All you have to do, I think, search for it on YouTube. What's your t- YouTube handle? Is it Mavuno Randa? Mavuno
2: Kigali. Mavuno Mav- Kigali.
0: Mavuno Kigali. And you can attend yes. that service. But thank you so much, uh, Pastor Dennis, for choosing to be with us uh, tonight. I really appreciate thank you. you. Thank you. And thank pleasure you. pleasure is all mine. Thank you. And, and so, Chip, coming to your uninterrupted minutes of sharing with us, I'll leave you with this question. Um... Uh, concerning devotion um, I was just I just got a, um, a phone call from my mom uh, there's a gentleman elderly gentleman who just passed away in, uh, in her neighborhood uh, this is a guy if you know a village setting one of those very highly respected um, gentlemen that has seen life if I can put it that way everyone knows him. Uh, We grew up as kids, going to his house and uh, playing around with the rest of the kids as a village. And now he's gone. and My mom is not young. And I mean, a a thought crossed my mind just now um, in saying if my mom caught COVID, would I go to visit her? Would I go to visit her? Why do I ask that question when it comes to devotion and allow me to qualify my question? The question is, how do you reconcile a pure devotion and a possible loss of life? And I'm thinking about this in relation to a devotion that we have for God and for Christ. And the question I'm asking for each one of us listening in tonight, are you willing to lose your life for Christ? Do you love him well enough to give up your life for his cause? The disciples reconciled this. It was an ever-present risk for them to continue following Christ. To follow him meant to die because he said, pick up your cross and follow me. Now, I cannot say it's even ridiculous to compare my devotion to God uh, with my mom, but I love my mom. I mean, watching my wife look after these kids, I've watched my wife throw up for nine months because she's expecting and I know what a baby does to a mother. Uh, I've seen it in my own house. I've smelt puke through the day. Why? Because of the life that she has gone through. I cannot imagine what my mom went through to raise me. And right now, I don't even know how I would react if that ever happened. But I think I would think of my own life less. I do not know. Some people may look at me and say that is ridiculous. That is not wise to see someone who you know is infected. Now, I'm not saying my mom is infected. I don't even imply that in any way. I'm only saying I don't know what I would do. But it's a very, very difficult decision. And I know each one of us listening in tonight does not know what they would do if a, very, a person they love so much um, was involved you know, or, or had had this disease, they don't know what they would do. And why? Because with devotion, we think less of our lives. We think less of our lives. And yet, sometimes with Christ, we kind of think of it and some decisions are considered wise, some decisions are considered unwise. Chip, have you ever felt, I mean, come face to face with a life or death situation um or what would you advise how would you advise someone who is facing a decision right now in terms of devotion to Christ and their life is at stake how do you reconcile a pure devotion and a possible loss of life when it comes to our devotion to God
1: mm. well that's a that is a great question and i and i know that uh um I think it fits well with all the rest of the questions that you have, especially when you think about devotion, you know, what is our devotion to? Um, I was thinking a lot in terms of, uh, the, the seven churches. In fact, in one of the questions that was coming up here on your podcast was, uh, uh this, this relate to the, the church of Laodicea in, in the conversation we are having and the truth is, is that the churches, the seven churches are a representation of seven specific churches. But I also like to look at this passage in terms of us as the church. Who are we within these things? And what is our devotion look like? Um, What's so interesting about these is that there's actually two churches um, in Revelations 2 and chapter 3 uh, that there's really not even anything positive that is being said about any of them. John actually gives us positive things for almost all of the churches. And then he gives us the negative pieces too. But there's actually actually two churches that don't have a lot of positive in them at all. That's the church of Sardis and the church of Laodicea. In Church of Sardis, it says, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. And he says, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of God. So when you think about that passage, you, you, you begin to realize that we are. We can pretend like we love the Lord and trust him in all things. But the truth is, is that in our hearts, we really don't. And he can see our hearts. When you think about someone and maybe someone's on their deathbed and maybe they have COVID and, and you could be exposed to COVID. And how do you make a decision on whether or not you go see that person or don't go see that person? I, I would, I would, uh, I would determine it this way. First and foremost, does that person know the Lord? If I believe and I know without a shadow of a doubt, I might actually question whether or not I will go see them, um, because because the work's already been done. There, there. If something bad happens and they end up spending a uh, and they end up passing because of the disease of COVID, um, we know where they're going to be, and someday I'm going to see them again. Th- that's that's how I look at that. Um, But if they don't know the Lord, that changes everything. And at that moment, I have a decision to make whether or not I trust that God will protect me when I go and share the gospel with the loved one who is going to be there. I'm going. I'm not even going to question it because I already love the Lord. And if the Lord decides to use COVID to take my life, I'm ready to go. I've been ready to go for years. I'm only in my 40s. I have children, but I'm ready to go. I think that's what's interesting about the disciples in general. The disciples, it took them a process. They, They spend three years with Jesus, and it's not during the three years that they are with Jesus that they finally find that devotion. It's after he comes back and shows that he's alive again. It actually does not happen at all during the first three years. In fact, we see that they all kind of scatter; that they're not really there to protect him, and and uh, and and we see how they denounce him, and and then they then they go back to to their old work once he dies. They all go back to be fishermen. It actually didn't happen until afterwards. When Jesus shows himself again before he, he goes into eternity, do they begin to realize the true devotion? Isn't that crazy? I mean, they're walking with Jesus and they weren't devoted. And when I think about the seven churches, it brings it back to the seven churches idea. It helps us to, to recognize there's really only one church out of the seven churches that gets it right, the Church of Philadelphia. And he says, I know your works, because you have kept my word about patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell in the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so no one may seize your crown." The devotion to God is being completely vulnerable to whatever it is that he may be calling us to do. When we go into ministry, and we're, if we know Jesus Christ, our personal Savior, we've all been called into the ministry. But we all take, we all go through a moment in time, especially a moment in that ministry that we're in, where we have to make some decisions on whether or not we're going to stand up for God. And uh, I believe uh, COVID is just another one of those scenarios where God has given us an opportunity to say, are we still going to stand up for him? Are we going to be like the church of Philadelphia or are we going to be like the church in Laodicea? The church that is, I know your works, you are neither cold nor hot. Would you either be cold or hot? So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of mouth, out of my mouth. Meaning there is no value in you. I want to be considered as someone with value. So so when I, when I think about the question that you asked. Um, It really boils down to what we learned in James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously. But the the thing we have to remember is that God already knows the answer before we ask the question. And we need to be okay with the answer. Because most of the time it's not going to be the answer we want. See, I was talking with a friend and he said, man, I was going through this trial and every person I talked to, I, I basically made them believe what I wanted them to believe so that they would give me the input I wanted to hear. But isn't that what we do with God? If we are truly trusting God and if we are truly giving our lives to God, we are new life in Christ, like we talked about earlier in the session. If we are truly a new life in Christ, then guess what we would do? We would we would surrender all that we have. We got to recognize what what God did by sending his son for us. Um, I I read an article um, today about the disciples and all of them were martyred except for John. All of them were so devoted afterwards that they all. Were martyred except for John. And John, the only reason why he wasn't martyred, because they tried, they tried to boil him in oil and it didn't work. And after that is when he actually writes Revelation. That's where God uh, uses uh, the situation he's at in prison to, to write Revelation. And he lives to be an older man, but he experienced what it was going to look like to be martyred. And yet he still went back and did it again. He still went back to the life he was doing before because it was still worth it. He he might've even been disappointed. He didn't get to go to heaven right away. That God made him stick around for a few more years. So I think it's really important as we, as we walk through this process of understanding our devotion, first of all, we can't look at what other people are doing and determine whether our devotion is, is of God. We need to look at ourselves and what. What are we doing for the Lord? We need to ask ourselves, would we, just like you talked about, David, would we be willing to die for our friends? Um, The other thing I want to just kind of close us with is having a devotion for the Lord. is also in verse 22 of James chapter 1. It says those who are devoted basically are doers of the word. They're not just listeners. They are doers. I think a lot of times we think it's just enough to do devotions or it's just enough to open our Bible or it's just enough to say a prayer or it's just enough to ask for wisdom. Or maybe like you talked about earlier in the session, it's just enough to go to church. Yeah, unfortunately, that is not what scripture tells us. Scripture says we are not only supposed to listen to the word, but it says we are to be doers of the word. Not only hearers, deceiving ourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere as being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing." Um, One of the, I think the largest mistakes that, uh, I was just talking about this with a friend. Uh, I think one of the largest mistakes that pastors make is that we preach these things, but we don't actually do these things ourselves either. We, we spend all this time in ministry and they're important. The things we are doing in ministry are important, but but is it of the word? Are we doing what the word is telling us to do? Um, I, I, I wrote this down. Have you ever gone through a dry spell? <laughs> a dry spell with Christ when I start thinking about myself more than Christ, that, that's what a dry spell is. It means I think of myself as more valuable than God. Uh, My thoughts start going to the desires of my heart and I become task-driven instead of God-driven. I lose focus on what is important. So here's what's interesting to me. I have more times um, of drought in the Lord when I'm actually serving in a ministry than when I'm working in the world. And here's the reason why. Because I justify my task in ministry as enough. The tasks are important but not more important than my relationship with God. God doesn't need me to accomplish the task of reaching people, but he loves it when I want to be used by him to be a part of reaching people. So we need to be very, very careful. Um, you know, I'm in ministry and, uh, but the truth is we all are in ministry and i can't allow the task of the job take precedence over the relationship of god so our devotion is to him and to him alone so be careful not to try to please other people because our goal is only to serve god so those are really my thoughts uh for this today i had i have a lot more within these notes but uh I think to answer your question and really to narrow down on the importance of devotion, um, I think I just would love to leave you with that. We all need to do the work of the Lord. Um, And this includes people in ministry.
0: Amen, amen, thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm going to ask that maybe you take a picture <laughs> of that last part of your notes where you're talking about the task at hand. Uh, I think I have a chance to listen to this again because it's recorded, but that was that was encouraging. Um, he's, he's more concerned about our relationship with him, and he would like us to act really based on our devotion uh, to him. Um, I, I'm i very encouraged, Chip. I'm very encouraged thank you so much uh pastor dennis uh, if you're still on with us i think it's it's been a very beautiful uh evening tonight this is not how i'd planned this to go i'd actually planned to end the discussion or the q a 30 minutes to the end of the hour but somehow uh, it became a bit personal coming to the end there, but I really appreciate our time together. Thank you so much, Chip, uh, for Monday, Wednesday, and tonight, Friday, where you have been able to take us through this very beautiful uh, series on a devotion uh, to Christ coming from Second Corinthians chapter 11 and uh, verse 3. And here is the ultimate question from Lindsay. Does that mean that a person being a mediocre is literally wasting time? That's the golden question. Right there, chip for you, <laughs> as we come to the it,
1: end. That's uh, well, what do you define as being mediocre? I think would be the the, the question that would need to come back. But let's let's just be real. Um, I again, again, anything that God can use is not a waste of His time. Um, it may feel like at times it's a waste of our time, but God can use all things, and uh, so. So I believe God uses even the mediocre. He can use whatever he wants, but God is always working and we just need to trust that he's working. The question should just be, why am I being mediocre? Why do I consider myself of that when, when I should be really completely devoted? It shouldn't even be a process of being mediocre. It should just be mm. a process of, of trusting him. Amen.
0: Amen. And when you asked for the definition from mediocre, I don't know if you saw the picture that I posted out there, but there's a whole certificate, certificate of mediocrity, and saying, we are not great, and I'm not terrible, i just do lukewarm. And I think that's the church that he was talking about, I was just simply spit you out of my mouth. Um, But he still calls them to repentance, even in Revelation, he calls them to repentance. And uh, that's the same call we are listening to tonight. But uh, search your heart, look at God's Word like a mirror, and see if there's any iniquity. And uh, may the Lord lead you to the way everlasting. That is really a personal question. There's no one-size-fits-all, and I pray that tonight you will uh, be able to just evaluate your life and be completely devoted to Him uh, in whatever area the Lord is calling you to. Tonight, I was reminded of the prayer that I prayed on a campfire once in teen's camp. This, I think, was 2004, 2004, 2003, 2004, uh, in my seniors four. I was in the first World of Life camp in Uganda, first teen's camp in Uganda. And I remember being at the campfire and asking God to use me. And there was a prayer that I prayed, and it went something like this. It says, Lord, all that I am... All that I have and all that I ever hope to be, I now and forever dedicate to the Lord Jesus Christ for His use and glory, now and forever. All that I am, all that I have, all that I ever hope to be, I now and forever dedicate to the Lord Jesus Christ for His use and glory, now and forever. And I pray that tonight that will be your prayer, that everything we hope to be or everything that we are will be used for his glory. I pray that you've been blessed tonight. Check your hearts and see where are you falling away? Where are you being lukewarm? Where are you being lukewarm? Let me remind you one more time to follow us on Instagram. Just simply search for Cabin Devils on Instagram. And please follow us on Instagram because we're trying to build a community right there. One day we will do an Instagram live of Cabin Devils. One day. I'm not saying it's coming up soon, but one day. But once again, Chip, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you so much for the three episodes you've done uh, with us. With your permission, I'll invite you once again sometime this year, if that is okay with you. Yes, I but... definitely
1: would look like forward to it. <laughs> thank
0: you amen amen but i also believe as you end that chip you did send me a link of a podcast of some sort that you are testing or trying out what's up with that are you trying to compete what's going on i thought we were friends (laughs)
1: well (laughs) well i'm in the i'm in the process of Mm. uh of uh, trying to feel out what my next steps are i Mm. i be you know, now that I'm not pastoring, I'm not preaching often, and I'm trying to find a new avenue in which I can express some of the gifts that the Lord has given me through, whether it's through a podcast. And I love, I love leadership, especially leadership in the Lord. So Mm. I'm just kind of working through some things, just experimenting right now. Um, and, uh, hoping that, you know, within, you know, 2022, that I'll have some things in place so that, uh, um, it can become more of a regular uh, a podcast.